The views, information or opinions expressed today are solely the views of the individuals involved, including today's guests and does not represent absolute facts and should not be taken as a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or medical intervention. Such views are the views of individuals and do not represent the official opinion of the International OCD Foundation. The approach of, of controlling your energy and effort every day was something that we talked about a lot. Right? We might not be able to control conference standings or mm -hmm. our net ranking. Like, like there's things that we're not going to be able to control, but like mm -hmm. we can't control our energy and our effort every day. Um, and at the same time, like being where our feet are was something that we talked about a ton, being super present, super intentional with each and every day. Like, how can I get better today? Mm -hmm. um, not thinking about NCAA tournament bids, not thinking about however many wins we wanted to get, but being so deep into the work and, and showing up every day where our feet are with great energy and great effort, I think is what laid the foundation for it. <laughs>
the role of a point guard, right? Like as a point guard, that's what you always hear, like coach on the floor, um, be vocal, all those kinds of things. And um, when I was in fifth grade is when I started to kind of take basketball seriously. And at that time, I um, was training with a coach who she ended up becoming my high school coach, but she had coached at the college level. Um, And one of the very first things that she taught me was like the importance of communication, the importance of being able to verbalize what you're seeing and relay that to the people around you. Um, And from then on, it was something that I really tried to use as a separator um, and, and used to really enhance whatever team I was on. Um, So I think it kind of stems from that, just from a young age being taught the importance of communication, um, the importance of communication specifically as a point guard, uh, and then just continuing to grow from there. For sure. And your, your coach gives you, gives you high praise. Um, There was a quote that said, it wouldn't surprise her if in 10 years you were a head coach in the SEC one day. Um, do you think you kind of have always had that, that goal or do you think it's kind of been, um, you just love the game so much and you want to, you want to pass it down to future generations? Yeah, more so the latter. When I think about what basketball has done for me and the people that I've met and the experiences that it's given me, um, and, and kind of what you're alluding to, right? Like the coaches that have impacted me, um, it's been, you know, it's been so special and my life would look completely different without it. Um, so I think the chance to afford others that same opportunity is something that um, excites me and, and that I'm really passionate about. Um, so I think just the combination of, you know, the, the love for it, but also um, using it as a vehicle for all the other things um, that it can do is, is something that I love about it. For sure. What, um, you know, growing up, so you, you grew up in Alabama. How close do you grow up to Tuscaloosa? 45 minutes. So I'm actually from Birmingham um, and huge Alabama fan growing up. It was always kind of the the dream for me, right, to play here. Um, in Alabama, sure. obviously, huge football state. It's either Alabama or it's Auburn. Um, and, and for us, it was Alabama. So we would, we would come to games all the time um, and all sports, really. And, and from then on, once I made the decision, you know, college basketball was something that I wanted to pursue, um, Alabama was kind of kind of the standard for that. What do you think separated you from wanting wanting that to, to actually getting there? I think it's the most obvious answer, um, and, and it's the work. Um, kind of going back to, to the coach that, that really influenced kind of my journey, again, in the gym every day, doing all the things that, that I knew would get me there. Like I said, she had coached at the collegiate level, so she kind of had the blueprint, right? Like she knew what a college point guard looked like, sounded like, worked like. Um, and, and as a result of that, she was able to kind of lay out like, look, like if this is what you really want to do here, it's going to take X, Y, and Z, and, and you're going to have to be consistent with this. Um, and I think I was able to really buy into that. And, and that became the separator because I always say it's, it's not an easy process to play division one basketball, but it's a simple one. And by that, I just mean like, it's very clear what it takes. And once you can see like, okay, I need to get in the gym this amount of time, get this amount of shots, sleep, nutrition, like whatever it is. Once you piece it all together, it's really simple. It's just a matter of continuing to show up and continuing to do that and, and to stick to the plan that you've set for yourself. So I think that's the separator is just sticking to it. For the athletes that you coach, what do you find to be the separator from those that are able to do it and, and those that may fall short? I think one, um, habits. I think habits are, are huge. Um, 
and I know, you know, obviously I've read your, your, your Substack and, and your, your blog articles, which I love, by the way. Um, I know you wrote about habits, um, about, you know, with including James Clear's Atomic Habits. I'm really, really big on that book, but I think habits and realizing that like, um, no one's going to do it for you. Um, I think it's, it's definitely a mindset thing. Um, and I think, but and I, I don't, I never really loved how some coaches would say that you're either born with it or you're not. Because I think you can motivate people. I think you can, um, you know, help them adopt that mindset. And I think uh, sometimes what I've seen it when I was in the college setting, you know, for six years is people would get labels of, okay, low motor, doesn't care, when maybe they just need to be motivated in a different way. No, 100%. I would agree with that. I love James Clear's stuff. Um, I read it a couple years ago and then recently um, reread it. And when I reread it, it, things just kind of started to click. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of his stuff is just how he talks about like every action that you take as kind of like a vote for the kind of person that you want to be. Um, and that his work on that is just so clear to me when you think about it, because when you're, when you think of it from the lens of you're casting a vote towards the kind of person that you want to be, the votes don't have to be unanimous. They just have to be in the majority. So if a majority right. of the time, you know, if, if I want to be a great shooter, and a great shooter makes 300 shots a day. Well, each time I go in and make 300 shots a day, I'm casting votes and I'm, I'm building up evidence to myself that like, yeah, like I am a great shooter because my actions and, and the votes that I'm casting are aligned with, with what the kind of player or person that I want to be does. But, but I agree. I mean, I think what you hit on is, is super important. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's, it's not to say, you know, I think parents and, and, and different aspects like that are huge. And I think, I've, I've worked with a tremendous amount of athletes that didn't have that growing up, right? And and some people come from really, really difficult backgrounds. And so you can't ever blame the athlete. That's why as a coach, I think you got to look at the person as a whole um, holistically and understand when they come in as freshmen or, or, you know, for me, it's right now, it's a lot of high school athletes. Like, I don't know what's going on at home, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to give them any sort of label about how they come in here and how, how they act. I'm going to try to have them adopt kind of our mindset and our standard here. And hopefully that carries over elsewhere too. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, that kind of plays into the whole, whole thing of trust too, right? It's like when these athletes come to you or like, I remember like as a player, like when I would walk into gyms and, and work with different people, the people that I was really able to learn the most from are the ones that I was able to develop trust with on both ends, right? Like it's a two way street for sure. But, but once that trust was developed, I think the things that you're talking about went to a completely different level. For sure. When did, um, you know, so talk to me about obviously first year you're walking into school, you've dreamed about going to for, um, you know, for your whole life. What was that first year like? Um, I know, you know, freshman wise, it's so, it's such a whirlwind. Um, and I think sometimes they don't realize going in how, you know, the pace of the game, you know, the different, the pace of, of life in general um, as a student athlete. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, that first year. Um, it was extremely tough, mm-hmm. but also one of the best things that could have happened to me at the same time. I mean, I don't think there's any way to explain to someone or to really prepare someone for what you're about to walk into as a freshman. Mm-hmm. In college. Like there, there's, I thought I was prepared. I thought I had done the things, but, there was no way for me to really be pre- prepared for it. But um, 
what actually happened ended up being what made the last couple of years for me so enjoyable and, and, and competitive. But basically when I got to college, um, we had a point guard who was two years older than me. And so I came in, you know, with the expectation to learn from her and, and kind of, you know, work my way up and get comfortable and things like that. Well, she ended up getting injured. So um, she got injured during non-conference play and I was given an opportunity to start as a freshman and I was excited about it. Um, obviously kind of what you were saying, you know, it was my dream to play here. Um, so it was almost like a dream come true to, to be given that, that opportunity as a freshman. Um, but the reality of the situation, I mean, I wasn't ready for it, right? Like physically I wasn't in shape mentally. Like I didn't have the right habits. I didn't have the right mindset for what it took to, to lead our team at that point. Um, and she was still injured, but I ended up losing the spot. Um, and from that point on, it was kind of a wake up call. And I was like, okay, like I have to change some things. I have to change my habits. I have to change my approach. Um, and that moment, I remember it so vividly, but that moment was like the launch pad. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It was like one of the hardest things that I had experienced as a player up until that point. Um, but when you want something so badly and, and you feel like you're, you're getting closer to like, you know, making your dream, uh, real, and then it's immediately pulled back because you're not ready for it. Um, that's something that can definitely launch you, um, in, in the right direction if you allow it to. And I think that's what I've tried to do. And, and again, freshman year was really hard and, and even into sophomore year it was hard, but once I kind of figured out, okay, like this is the pace, this is what it takes. Um, I was able to build those habits and, and allow the next three years to be better than I could. Right. For sure. I think that's, um, you know, I think another thing that that I am I admire about your story for sure is that you know you didn't give up or, and walk away, right? You didn't um, you didn't bail, you know, you didn't hit the transfer portal, right? Like you stuck it out because you wanted to be there. You liked the people you were around, and you needed just more preparation. And then you would get the opportunity again. And, and you know, I always say like preparation plus opportunity equals success. Like be prepared when the moment comes because the moment's gonna come. It may not be in the timeline that that we want it, right? Um, like I would say, God's timeline is like amazing. Like we don't know what when it's when that opportunity is going to come, and when our within our journey. But like if we're ready for it, we will see success in that opportunity, without a doubt. And that was the whole thing, right? Too after I had lost out when my first moment came, that was my that was my whole. Um, thought process behind the habits that I was developing is like, all right, I'm going to be sure that when the next moment comes, I'm going to be ready for it. I'm not saying that I'm going to get the outcome that I want, that I'm going to play well, but at least I'm going to be ready mentally and physically for the next moment when it comes. And it, it, I mean, it took almost, almost two and a half or three years for that next moment to come. But when it did finally come, um, you know, like I, I was ready for it and I started every single game after that. So you just never know. And I think, with the whole um, transfer deal, my approach, especially in the first two years, was like, look, like, I know that I'm not doing everything I can to be ready and to put myself in a position to help us win. Because throughout all of this, the main goal is obviously to to, to win basketball games and For to, sure. you know, sacrifice whatever it is in order to make that happen. So if, if that's the main goal and I'm not contributing my best self to that goal, then it's on me to, to figure out how I can be better, what I need to change in order to contribute to us playing meaningful basketball and winning games. And I think once I was able to to get that perspective, 
um, I knew I, I knew I wanted to at least like give it a try and stick it out because again, internally, I knew I wasn't where I needed to be. For sure, I think that 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 uh, it's such a amazing lesson for you as a as an individual. And you you know you asked me kind of what separates some of the athletes that I see. And I I fail to see elite athletes that haven't hit adversity in their life. Right. I, I, I strongly believe that every elite athlete that I've coached that is, you know, has continued on, um, has had some sort of adversity. You know, you said you had that moment, right? Like whether it's a series of moments, one moment, really, really strong, um, willed athletes have that moment and they face that adversity and they get through that, that adversity. And I think, um, a lot of the athletes that I've coached, have had those those that type of struggle or adversity and, and they've come out they've come become better from it and uh you know a lot of them now would say they wouldn't change a thing yeah that resilience that, that's built in those moments it's something that um, can't be manufactured without it right like there's no way to build resilience unless you're going through things that require you to be resilient and i think that's that that's one of the things about sports that um is so valuable is because it teaches you that and it can be applied to anything um, outside of it that, that comes your way. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think the patience is another thing that, that comes to mind when you, when you, when you talk about your, your journey is the patience that you had. And I know you wrote, you know, about that in your, in your blog is, you know, you knew that that opportunity was going to come, but you knew you had to do more to be prepared for it. But sometimes we don't, it, it's not on the timeline that we want. And so, um, you know, kudos to you for, for sticking with it for sure. Thank you. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't easy, but again, I mean, I wouldn't change anything. I'm really glad that, that I was able to do it because it turned into two of the best years for our program in, mm. in, in the last 20 years. Um, and it, and if I wouldn't have stuck it out, you know, I wouldn't have been able to experience that in a place that, that I wanted to get back to that place so badly. For sure. Um, I think one, you know, one thing that stuck out to me, to me um, when I was when I was reading about your journey was the fact that um, someone asked you kind of what the hardest part of, of college basketball was. And and you couldn't you couldn't kind of find that single answer. And I think this speaks uh, volumes to the art of showing up. Right. Like each day, like intentionally with intention. Um, I think that's another thing that separates those athletes that I coach is every time they come in here, like we talk, like we, you know, we laugh, but there's a, there's a time to, for that. And there's a time for work. And like they, every, every rep, every, you know, everything they do, whether it's mobility, whether, whether it's their, their belly breathing that I have them doing, like, like everything is so intentional. Right. Um, and I think uh, showing up each day is a huge, huge thing that, that a lot of athletes don't, don't necessarily understand at a, at a young age. Um, that like being consistent, I would say like being consistently very good is being, is way better than being occasionally great. I would hundred percent agree. And that's also going back to, you know, freshman year and, and that learning curve, like that's the learning curve. There's no one single thing in my opinion that makes it hard. Maybe a morning on the track. Yeah, it might be hard, but, but you get through it. It's just a one, it's one morning. Maybe you have a practice that's hard. Like maybe you have to study really hard for a test. Like all of those things are hard in their own way, but the actual challenge, at least for me, is showing up and doing all of those things every single day at an elite level. 
right? Like it's not good enough to show up to a practice um, and just give half of whatever it is that you have. Everyone can do that. But those who are able to continue to show up in all areas um, and give give all that they have is is the challenge, but it's also um, what brings the most reward. What's up? It's your host, Tom Smalley. You're listening to the Smalls Talk Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe. You know, I think our world right now is is extremely hell-bent on instant gratification, obviously. Um, so I think when you don't see that reward immediately, it's easy for athletes to, to kind of throw in the towel and, and, and give up. Yeah, and that kind of speaks – I think James Clear talks about this as well. Um, but the things that you learn by showing up, even if you're not seeing, you know, the result or getting the playing time or – you know, again, kind of, kind of like you're saying, like it doesn't guarantee that you'll get the result, but the learning that happens when you continue to show up is invaluable. And, and when you continue to show up, you're adding things to yourself uh, that prepare you for things that you may not even know are coming. A hundred percent. No, I totally agree. Um, I think the kind of controlling what you can control as well is, is a really good, um, really good lesson. Kind of how did, how did you, lean into that uncertainty of like not knowing, you know, what the outcome was going to be, but still going, going through and, and, and showing up intentionally every day. Yeah, I think three things kind of played into that for me. The first being faith, obviously mm-hmm. um, just leaning super heavily on that um, and, and trying to keep perspective. I think that's, that's one thing that I really leaned on. The second thing is understanding that this is, a journey that involves so many people on our team. And even if I'm not going to see the rewards or get the results that I want, if I'm able to contribute to the betterment of this group, then that is enough um, to completely take myself out of the equation. Right. That That's another thing that really helped me and just lean into um, our, our team and what we were trying to do. And then the third thing is just the people around me. I think I had, some really great coaches, um, both in high school and in college that I continue to lean on throughout this entire journey. And, and also my teammates, right? Like I, I played my first two years with a veteran heavy team. Um, we had people who had been in the program for, for four years at that point. And so really just leaning into them, but, but a combination of faith, just trusting, trusting the process and leaning into our team. And then also my coaches and teammates. For sure. I think, um, Sometimes when things don't go our way or, or things are tough, I think sometimes a lot of athletes uh, will will shy away from those the people around them too and kind of um, close down as a defense mechanism um, instead of leaning on those people. For sure. And I think the other part of it too is when you really, like with the coach or with another one of your teammates, like I roomed on the road this year with, with our only freshman. Um, so I was a fifth year, she was a freshman and we roomed every road trip together. And even like in the conversations that we would have, um, I was able to learn things from her and, and try to share my experience as well. But, but when you, when you're able to have those conversations and kind of put it out and verbalize the things that you're feeling and talk it through, it's crazy how, how much smaller it all feels, right? When it's all in your head and it's all internal, it feels so much larger than the reality of what's actually happening. And I found that by leaning on my teammates and coaches and things like that, um, it really shrunk what I thought was happening. 
for sure. Um, you played 80 games, um, you know, in that home arena. What was your what was your favorite moment from that from that those 80 games? Yeah, there's so many. Um, off the top of my head, a couple. We were able to get program win number 800 um, at home. So obviously, for the direction that our program was headed, to kind of have that 800th win for our program, to think about all the players who had played um, for our program before, and to think about the ones that that would play after was special. Um, obviously, because of the COVID year, we had two senior days, so both of those days were really special. Just to just to kind of reflect on what we had done. Um, and, and then obviously anytime, again, Alabama, Auburn, huge deal here. Anytime you're able to have an iron bowl um, in Coleman Coliseum and get a win special. For sure. You mentioned, uh, you know, courage is your word for, for 2023. Why, why courage? Yeah. So all throughout 2022, I kept seeing it. Um, I, I read a lot of Brene Brown stuff. Um, mm -hmm. She was big on courage, vulnerability, and things like that. And so I, I kept seeing the word. Um, and then I saw like a graphic one day and it had the quote, what good are wings without the courage to fly? And that like hit me and, and was kind of an eye-opening moment because I've done all this work and each day I show up and I'm building these skills and I'm learning these things and I'm doing all of this, but if I don't have the courage to take the next step, to apply it, to pass it on to someone else, to use it, to fly, then, then what good is it? Um, and so I think that's where courage came in. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to have the courage to share these things, to get outside of myself, to be willing when opportunity presents itself to rise to whatever occasion it is. Because if I'm only you know, building these things and keeping it to myself and, you know, holding on to my gift and not, not sharing it. Um, then again, what's the point? So I think that's where the courage thing came for me. Um, and is why I made it my word for 2023. I love that. How do you, you know, as a, as a team leader, um, how did you kind of express your faith? Um, you know, obviously in, in, in the, this tight day and age, like, you know, for me, like I write, certain verses on my whiteboards, um, which invites the conversation, but doesn't, you know, I, I don't go up to athletes because obviously everybody, people that believe different things. And, um, I respect all religions, but you know, I, I think my faith is a real strong part of me. So I like to, I like to, to be able to talk about it. How do you, how do you kind of incorporate your faith into you as yourself as a basketball player, um, on this journey at Alabama? Yeah. So our program, um, obviously, it was it was in a way that was, of course, respectable to to anyone and, and what they believed. We would have um, different voluntary deals where people could come and join and kind of talk about their faith. So in my first couple of years, um, we had someone from Athletes in Action come and we would have like Bible studies after practice, and um, she would pray with us before games. But but I think the way that our program was structured, I didn't really have to initiate. Um, I was able to to step in this past season. We would do devotionals before pregame meals um, led by our video coordinator. And he did such a good job with that. But but I think for me, it was OK. If I don't have to come out and, and say, you know, let's do this or let's read this first or, or whatever. I tried to live it and I tried to um, share it in that way. 
Because I think when you see a person of faith or when you come in contact with them, um, there's something different about them. Mm-hmm. And you can't put your finger on it, but you're like, dang, like that person has something. And a lot of times I've found that it's faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've tried to do the work internally to um, strengthen my relationship. So then the way that I show up is a reflection of that. For sure. You're, you're, you're almost, you're reflecting Christ's love on, on, on others um, and kind of the way you carry yourself. Um, you know, you're being that light in, in times of darkness and in, in times of adversity um, and in times of happiness. Right. So I think um, it definitely, and I think that goes along with being intentional. No, 100%. I agree. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I, it's always a tough question. You know, it's always, I know for coaches especially, um, it's always a tough question to ask. Um, I, I have some really, really good friends that are, that are Christians that love to, you know, talk, love to talk to athletes about their faith, but um, especially at public schools and stuff, you know, it's, it, you have to be, you have to be, uh, you have to be aware of, of, you know, not everybody wants to, to talk about that stuff. So it's like, you know, you want to, I want to be able to, you know, be, be, you know, want to, you know, somebody that is going out and, and spreading his good word, but it doesn't mean everybody has to listen. Right. And I think that's one thing that my coaches did a really good job of is extending the invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, something that you wanted to talk about. If it was a conversation that you wanted to be a part of, you were more than welcome to, and they were more than happy to have it. Um, and just by simply, you know, extending the invitation, it created an environment that wasn't forceful and, um, you know, didn't kind of infringe on, on what each individual believed, but instead was like, okay, like this is the space that we have. And you're free to join it if you want. For sure. For sure. How did your, um, you know, obviously talked about a lot about mental health. How did your mental health, uh, how, how was your mental health when you kind of, were put in that starting role and then didn't, um, and then didn't stick there. Um, how did you deal with, uh, you know, the inconsistency and the, uh, maybe self doubt? Um, how did you deal with that? So freshman year, when it was happening, um, I didn't, I didn't really have like the language or the tools to really work through it. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time, like what was happening. Um, and there was no way for me to really work through it. Um, since then, there are different things that I'll do. Um, I don't know if you've seen Julia Cameron. She's the author of The Artist's Way, and, and she talks mm-hmm. a lot about pages, just three pages every morning freehand, write about whatever you want. That's something that I really lean into now and has helped me a lot um, just to to take inventory, but also to just stay, stay present, um, stay on top of kind of what I'm thinking and where I am. Um, and the other piece to it is to be in the work. And I think that can be kind of a double-edged sword at times, right? Because earlier, before I had the language or the tools to, to navigate things with mental health, I would kind of throw myself into the work, mm-hmm. um, use it as an escape, even though it was also a solution to what I was kind of experiencing. So I think now it's the balance of, okay, am I using the work as an escape or am I using the work to actually solve the problem, to actually learn, to actually grow? Um, so yeah. that's the difference. And, and once my career just came to an end recently, that was something that I was really careful of. It's like, all right, once this journey comes to an end, I have to be able to take some time to really think about what's going on. 
because my knee-jerk reaction is to fill the schedule and do all these things to where that I'm not having to sit in it. Mm-hmm. Especially in a, in a student-athlete's life, um, how busy you guys are, I think it's so important to, for, for reflection. I think reflection um, really, really helps uh, self-development too. Um, I think it helps us realize, you know, what we could do better. Um, I think that's another thing that that great athletes and great coaches do is is asking themselves, what could we have done better? Um, and I think not shying away um, and being afraid of crit- crit- constructive criticism to yourself or or to or from somebody else is really, really important. One hundred percent. And I think that's that that's a skill that that you can develop. Right. Like mm-hmm. it, it might not come um, as natural, you know, natural instinct or be something you're super comfortable with at first. And maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. Right. Maybe you need to take more time to celebrate the wins and, right. and not be so critical. So I think that that balance of, of celebrating the wins, reflecting, seeing where we can be better is, is a constant push and pull. Um, and is one that I think that that can be a real separator, kind of what you were saying. Yeah, for sure. What do you think for you, um, you know, going through your career, do you ever have times where you're overanalyzing things and, and just kind of need to, you know, step on the court and play? Yeah, for sure. And I think, again, as a point guard, that's your mind's always thinking of mm-hmm. positions to put people in, um, how to read different situations on both sides of the ball. Um, your, you know, all the film that we watch and all the uh, scouting that we do. I think if you put too much emphasis on that, it can definitely be, it can definitely hinder you. Um, mm-hmm. So then it's, I feel like with all of these things, it's a balance, right? That's and trying right. to find that balance at the right time of, all right, the analytics say this, but what I'm seeing on the floor says this. It's like, it's like, how do you balance those things? And what I always found is to never put, too much emphasis on one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right, so, so to try to try to find that gray area of, okay, like maybe a little bit of this, maybe a little bit of that, um, and, and try to navigate it that way. Um, to, so then it can prevent from the overanalyzing. Because I think when I would fall into the trap is when I would completely put all my eggs in one basket and be like, all right, well, the analytics say this. Right. And I think that's the trap that, that's easy to fall into. Yeah. Well, I think, especially, at, you know, junior senior you've been playing basketball for what like 22 23 years like you know what to do right you 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 have you get so many reps in every every day like like and i think sometimes when you're when you put too much emphasis on the analytics in the film sometimes you just forget that like go play like go you know go react go um respond to certain things and 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 make it more you know autonomous yeah and, and i think that i mean that was one of the things that like up until the very last game that I played that I was trying to figure out. Um, and I never really got like a great grasp on it because I was just constantly thinking of all of the different moving parts. Mm-hmm. So, but again, like when I, when I think about like the best player on our team last year, like that's what she was able to do. She was able to figure out, all right, this is what y'all want us to know about this opponent. This is what we're seeing, whatever. And then when it was time to play, like it was time to play. And like those things were there and they were helpful, um, but they weren't a crutch and they weren't, you know, what you were relying on. Right, right. Well, I think sometimes it's so hard not to put emphasis on the, those those things, uh, like the film and the and extra work and the analytics. And because 
when you care about something so much, um, you, I know for me, at least if, if I did all that work and I, and I came up short, I know I could live with myself because I feel like I did everything I, I, I could have possibly done. I always feel like I'll feel like shit if I don't feel, if I don't do that. Right. Like if I, if I leave stones unturned and didn't, you know, prepare enough, then that's on me and I'll, I'll live with regret. But if, if I do everything I possibly can to, to make sure I'm prepared or, um, you know, make sure I'm in the right mind frame, like mindset, like I think when you care about something so much, it's hard not to, not to rely on those things and then start, and then dive into those things after every play, after every game, because you care about the outcome so much. Right. And I think that's where obviously it's become like almost a buzzword, but like the process. Mm-hmm. And when you're truly trusting it and when you truly believe in your process and you fully like give yourself to the process, I feel like those are the moments when I've been able to let go of those outcomes, let go of those results and instead reflect and be like, all right. What happened here? What could I have done better? All right, next time, let's try this. Right. Um, instead of being so focused on the outcome or the result, looking at the process and figuring out, all right, maybe I can plug this in here or this here um, and just rewiring it to then chase after the same thing. So I think it's just all about how you approach it and, and the process, but but it's definitely something that can be challenging. Yeah, and that process is, is crucial to, you know, it's a crucial to trust your preparation too. Right. Like you put in the time, you put in the effort, like trust that work that you put in um, because, it's, you know, it's not something that just goes away after you do it. And, and that goes back to to the quote. Right. Like what good are wings without the courage to fly? That, that's the right. same. Thing to me. Like that's how I interpret it is like, all right, like I've done the work. Like right. now, I have to, now I have to trust it. Now I have to go out and, and use it. Um, I remember like there was one point in, in my last season where. Um, I was hesitant to shoot the ball um, mm-hmm. and, it, and for, for different reasons, like sometimes I felt like I wasn't open. Sometimes I felt like we could get a better shot. Um, but, but I had a coach like say to me, like, why do you spend all of this time in the gym shooting? Why do you get up thousands of shots a week? Why do you do all this work in the off season? If you're not going to shoot the ball, mm-hmm. like, like what is the point? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as simple as that sounds, it's like, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. Like why right. would I, work and then when the opportunity presents itself to apply it not apply it right and to me it went back to courage and that's why again like i just leaned on that word and tried to lean on having the courage to trust the process and then when the opportunity presents itself like do it and then you just let that shit fly right literally (laughs) (laughs) i fucking hope so um a lot i have a lot of play when i worked with when i worked at sienna you know i remember there were some guys in that team that that they get the green light and they never saw a bad shot. They, they never, they never, they never saw a, a shot they didn't like. Um, so, you know, but it's, it's true. You know, that confidence is with something like that is, is so crucial um, because you're going to miss shots. You're going to, um, you know, have bad days with that stuff, but like, you got it. Like, you know, at some point you got to just trust that preparation. Right. Because what's worse, you know, missing the shot or, or, or living with the fact that like you didn't take it. Right. Right. For sure. What, um, what do you think your coaches implemented that created such a culture that, that you ate, you were able to develop as a human being and as an athlete? Yeah. Um, I would say 
the approach of, of controlling your energy and effort every day was something that we talked about a lot, right? We might not be able to control conference standings or Mm -hmm. our net ranking. Like, like there's things that we're not going to be able to control, but like Mm -hmm. we can control our energy and our effort every day. Um, And at the same time, like being where our feet are was something that we talked about a ton, being super present, super intentional with each and every day. Like how can I get better today? Mm -hmm. Um, Not thinking about NCAA tournament bids, not thinking about however many wins we wanted to get, but being so deep into the work and, and showing up every day where our feet are with great energy and great effort, I think is what laid the foundation for it. For sure. For sure. What, if you could give kind of, um, and obviously you might soon be giving advice to, to college athletes. Um, but if you could give listeners, high school athletes, um, or college athletes, or even youth athletes, parents, coaches, any advice about, um, you know, being a division one athlete at a high level and, and that process that you went through, that journey you went through, what would it be? Yeah. Um, I thought about this because I feel like there's so much out there Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be hard to retain it all. Um, But if you think about what it means to be a great teammate and your goal every day is to be the best possible teammate that you could be, think about the best teammate that you ever had and what they were about. They were probably encouraging. They were probably selfless. They probably gave everything that they had, worked extremely hard, did everything for the betterment of the team. They probably showed up to class. They probably did the extra workouts. Like when you think about the best teammate that you ever had, they do all of those things. And for the betterment of of the team and not for themselves. And I think if you're able to have that approach, it really simplifies things. Because if you're trying to say, well, I need to do this, I need to do that for me, this, that, it's so easy to get lost. Mm-hmm. But if you're only going, all right, today I'm going to be the best possible teammate that I can be and remember what all that entails, then I, I think that's that's a recipe for something special. I love that. I love that. I think there's not enough emphasis on that anymore either. Um, well, and because, it sounds so simple. Right, right. Because between AU basketball, the recruiting, and that instant gratification we talk about, and parents wanting more and more for their kid, um, which you know you can want more for your kid, but the kid want, needs to want it themselves. Um, and and at the very base of everything, being being a good person and and certain help helping other people around you is really what's going to get you places. For sure, and it's really funny that when you look at the people, when you think about the best teammate that you've ever had, um, and, and where they are now. Like it's probably in a pretty good spot. Like things mm-hmm. tend to work out best for the people who have that approach. For sure. For sure. Hannah, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I have no doubt, you know, after talking with you for 40 minutes that you will be a, a division one head coach one day if, if you if you choose to be. Um, you know, any program will be very, very fortunate to have you um, on staff. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thanks for for having the conversation and for having me on. Thank you.